Welcome, one and all, to Finally Girl, a horror movie podcast. I'm Michael, and I've seen I've seen quite a few horror movies. And I'm Eliza, and I've seen one or two. One or two. One or two. Okay. Today we're discussing Halloween, the 1978 film directed by John Carpenter. <laughs> We're so bad at intros. <laughs> We're so bad at intros. When was the first? So usually in this podcast, we discuss movies you haven't seen before. This is what, your second time seeing it? Maybe your third? Maybe my third time seeing it. Um, It's been a long time since I've seen it last. At least eight years, maybe and I don't remember the first time I ever saw it. You don't remember at all? No, I don't. Do you remember anything? What? The music. Everyone, yeah, I think, knows, knows that music. Knows the music, yeah. But that's, I guess, the biggest thing that I remember from the movie. Yeah, it's the most, probably the, well, I don't want to say the most recognizable piece of music from movies, but it's up there with like Jaws or it's like Star Wars. Yeah. Or the Superman theme. It's got to be in the top five, top ten most recognizable pieces of music in film growing up did you know anything about halloween like no, the movie no <laughs> so the holiday so we should preface the fact that i haven't seen very many horror movies especially halloween movies um with the fact that i wasn't allowed well, to this celebrate is a, well this is your only halloween movie right from the franchise Halloween. Yes, but well, I was talking about well, Halloween you, kind of movies, like Halloween... Uh, horror movies. No, like specifically Halloween night kind of movies. There's, there's a not, ton of Halloween movies. There's not that many, actually. You know, this was the first movie that was had Halloween in the title? No, I didn't. Yeah. But I know there's a lot of scary movies that are based on Halloween Day. I don't know how many there are, really. I could probably name 10 right now. Name them. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween too. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Town. I knew you were gonna. I was about to say Halloween. The only thing I can. Only other Hall- movies with Halloween in the title. Practical Magic. I don't even know what that is. What is that? The Sandra Bullock, um, Nicole Kidman joint, where they're witches. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hocus Pocus is Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's probably a long I list of hundreds think, of movies that are from of, Halloween. Uh, I don't. I guess I don't really take that into consideration. It's not a detail I, I yeah. look for at all. I don't know. Yeah, anything Halloween related wasn't a big thing growing up for me in my house. So why is that? Religion. <laughs> you can say like I wasn't allowed to. What my dad thought it was the the uh, the devil, <laughs> <laughs> just like Michael Myers. <laughs> He's the boogeyman, not the devil. So what about you? What when was the first time that you remember, I should say? The first I can time tell you, you exactly it. the first time I saw it. Okay, go ahead. I was at my Uncle Steve's house in Pleasant Hills, Pennsylvania. It was Halloween Day, 2004. The Steelers had just beat the New England Patriots. It was a great day. Oh, God. That was uh, Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season. And... I don't even I never really cared for trick-or-treating I knew I we always went we reason I was at my uncle's house every every year I went trick-or-treating pretty much if it wasn't with friends it was at my uncle's house because I didn't grow up in like a, a suburban neighborhood really right so we usually went trick-or-treating there anyway that night 
Halloween played on AMC like it does every year for AMC Fear Fest. And that was the first time I'd ever seen it. And I can remember right away that score. And it just grabs you. It, it brings you into the movie like nothing, like no other score, no other piece of music ever has in a movie. And there's the it's that opening credit title scene with the jack-o'-lantern. And it just, oh, it sets a mood, especially when you're seven years old. Yeah. And, oh, uh, I don't even know. You would have been eight. Eight years old, yeah. So, um, yeah, 2004, I would have been eight. <laughs> Can't do math. <laughs> and that was the first time I had ever seen Halloween. Did you like it? Were you a scared boy? Did you like scary movies growing up, like, around that age? Yeah, yeah. What what was the scariest movie you had seen at that point? It was probably that movie. Yeah, it was a pretty freaking scary movie. I saw a lot of Friday the 13th and movies from the Halloween franchise. Maybe younger than I should have. Like, by the time I was nine, I had seen... Most of the Halloween movies, most of the Friday the 13th movies, and it would be all on cable, uh, whatever. Usually, usually these movies were on AMC, and it was during Fear Fest, during o- October. Do, when, do you remember ever? Do you know, like, the cons, like, how the movie... Do, when was the first time you learned about Halloween? Do you think you were always just... That was always... You were always conscious of it. It was always kind of a part of like the movie. Pop cult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I never really connected it to the movie growing up, but I remember seeing the Michael Myers masks around October time. But I guess I never really knew what movie it was from or what it was about. I didn't even know Jason or Freddy or any of them who they were until I was probably like nineteen or twenty. Um, the first time I heard about Freddy Krueger, I would think I was 16. So, Yeah, horror definitely. Like, I love movies uh, as a whole. I love cinema as a whole. But horror was re- is what really dragged me into cinema. And I don't know, without without Halloween, I don't know if we're sitting here talking today about horror movies at yeah. all. Yeah. The film was shot over the course of about three weeks, 22 days to be exact, from all the research I've done is what seems to be the most accurate total of days for the shoot. It was mainly shot... Where do you think it was shot, actually? I want to ask you, where do you think it was shot? I actually, I was wondering that, because there's like a scene at some point where it looks like they're in a a deserty kind of area when um, Loomis is on the payphone before he finds the truck where Michael Myers... Yeah, that's true. It yeah. looked very deserty, very sandy. And so I put that in my notes. I'm like, is this filmed in like California or something? Yep, it was. Yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> you know where it's where it's set. In in Haddonfield, Illinois. Yeah, Haddonfield. Which Illinois. isn't a real town. No, um, yeah, I knew that. Um so yeah, it was mainly shot in Pasadena, California. Okay. Most of the interiors were shot in like LA. It was shot now it's shot during May. The movie takes place during Halloween. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine trying, they had a very few, a very small amount 
of actually like fall foliage they had to like keep up keeping like trash bags and sweep them up for every for different scenes because they had so much right uh and in fact i thought when you were questioning where it was shot you were going to talk about there's a shot when we get to present day in the movie 1978 you can see a shot down a normal suburban street and you can actually see palm trees and if you look carefully enough oh no i did not see that i'm surprised i didn't see that script for the movie was written about in about two weeks before it started shooting in may it was written by john carpenter and his girlfriend at the time and also producer of this movie deborah hill they would go on to produce other movies together the score was composed in three days by wow. Carpenter. And he told Fangoria in the, a few years after the movie was uh, released. They asked him why he did it. And he's like, well, I was the cheapest and <laughs> and the easiest option at the time. Well, he, and he did score the movie before this, his second feature, Assault on Precinct 13, mm-hmm. which is how Irwin... Yablins, the executive producer of the movie, knew him because he acquired the rights for that film, Assault on Precinct 13. He came up with the very rudimentary concept for the movie. He had this idea of babysitters being stalked and murdered hmm. by a madman on Halloween, and which is originally the, the original title for the movie was Babysitter Murderers. Hmm. Oh, wow film's budget was a mere three hundred thousand dollars ended up grossing more over 47 million dollars just that year or all to in all time oh that that when it came out yeah okay now do you know why john carpenter wanted to cast jamie lee curtis for the role i'm assuming because of her mother who was in yep. psycho yeah he kind of he kind of considered it as like the ultimate homage to, to the, Hitchcock. Yeah. She did a great job for being her first film. Well, that was her first film, but she actually did some TV work prior to that. Okay. Yeah. She even was in an episode of Columbo. Ooh, I like that. And Charlie's Angels. So we start off with the title sequence. Like you mentioned earlier with the pumpkin, the jump or jack-o'-lantern, I should say, the jack-o'-lantern, while they're introducing all the, the names and everything. I thought that was already creepy enough because they zoom in onto the jack-o'-lantern and just show half of the face and then have that creepy music in the background. Yeah, that's definitely one of the best title, opening title sequences in film history. I loved it. I don't usually like beginnings of movies like having that first part of it without even seeing anything like i like seeing a scenic area or something i don't like a whole black screen with the the names on the screen but i thought that was pretty spooky and i really liked the typeface a lot i wrote that i'm like oh that's a cool typeface with the orange going in and out kind of looked like a flame like in the middle of the jack-o'-lantern i really liked it so we start in Halloween, on Halloween night, 1963. Right. With the kids singing that creepy ass trick-or-treat song. So, at first... What do you think? What do you notice? Like, what do you, what do you, what are you thinking as we start, as we take... The found footage, it seemed like. That's an interesting way, way to put it. it. It's definitely inspired by 
Bob Clark's Black Christmas, which came out a few years before this in 74. Okay. Which is something which I still I, I, I'd like to get to during Christmas time, of course, where there's a lot of shots in the killer's point of view. And that kind of probably it, that harkens back to like the south, the shower sequence in Psycho. Yeah. Just probably the first killer POV shot we've seen cinema. Yeah. At first, like I don't remember the like the documentary style (laughs) filming from the last time i saw it i mean it is only the first clip of the movie it's like that but i i I wasn't i wasn't sure if i was supposed to think that was michael myers doing the filming and it was like his perspective but then like he puts the mask on his face that clown mask and you see it goes over yeah and you get mask (laughs) vision so you just assume that you're seeing what he's seeing Mm -hmm. um creepy little ass kid oh so this is another example i know we just did the night of the living dead but this is another example where the music or the score of the movie really helps get me more scared or more in the moment i should say the movie or the music gets quote unquote spookier when michael appears on screen and when he does his killing too necessarily appears on screen when his presence yes is that's what I should say. Yeah. His his shadow or whatever you his he's shape. Called, he's called the shape. The shape. If which, you notice in the credits, I did see that. He's credit. It's the shape. Nick Castle who plays him in the ninety percent of the movie. The only time he's not played by Nick Castle is when the mask actually comes off, and it's Tony Moran. Wow. The end, which, I wonder why they did that. I think Nick Castle just looked like a, a hippie, so I don't think they wanted like a hippie looking dude. Uh, they were all a bunch of hippies. I mean, John Carpenter is a big hippie. What do you know about John Carpenter? Right? Nothing. Nothing about John? Did Music. You... That's all okay. I know. That's literally Is this the only John Carpenter movie you think you've seen? No, I'm sure I've seen others. Let me see. The Thing? Have you seen The Thing? I haven't, but they were watching The Thing. That's The the Thing from Outer Space. He remade oh. that movie because he's a big Howard Hawks fan who directed that original film. Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. Christine. Have you seen Christine? I've seen parts of Christine. Wow, okay. I don't think I've ever seen a John Carpenter movie. How do I know his name? Why do I know him so well, but I have never seen any of his movies before? You said you thought he did music. Were you thinking of the Carpenters? No, <laughs> I wasn't. I thought John Carpenter made scores, movie scores. Which he does. He scored all of David Gordon Green's Halloween movies. Yeah, You've seen Halloween 2018. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did see that in theaters. Well, I mean, this definitely won't be the last Carpenter movie we cover for sure. So as far as six-year-old Michael Myers killing his sister, we never really get a background on why Michael Myers is so fucked up, do we? He just is the devil reborn. Well, see, that's very, very deliberate. Carpenter never wanted to give an explanation why. He just wanted this to be evil incarnate. Which it really very much feels like that to me. He didn't want he didn't want Michael Myers to be a person. Yeah, and that's very evident with Loomis saying, "This is not this is no man." Yeah. And we'll get to that here shortly. Halloween night, a small American town, fifteen years ago. <laughs> (laughs) 
so the Judy kill her bare breasts sitting at her vanity. Well, he just done the deed in like, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe literally 30 seconds or less. Her boyfriend was done and out and he was dressed in everything too, but she was naked. So I'm like thinking, okay, never mind. What are you thinking? I was like, Oh, what did he just like not take off any of his clothes? Just he was, well, he, he was walking down the steps. He was putting his shirt back on. Yeah, that's true. He's just quick to get dressed, and Michael's just standing there. there. Yeah, her parents were coming home at (laughs) ten. He had to get out. That scene where as they zoom out, it's Michael standing in the street with his presumably his parents. Yeah, I'm assuming those were his parents. Yeah, and they. I like how the mom just kind of looked like annoyed and just put her hands in her pocket. Like that kid must have done some other creepy ass shit before that because there's no way they were just kind of like what's going on Michael? <laughs> what have you done now? Well, do, do you know who's playing Michael in those scenes? Not not like not at the end there the little kid, uh but like in the mask point of view, like Mm-mm. when you see the arm, that's actually Deborah Hill, the co-screenwriter. Like with that's the little her. toy hand? It looks like a toy clown hand. That's her. That's her hand. That's not her hand. Yeah, it is. I swear to God, it looked like a toy. It's just, I think the way it was shot makes it seem like that. Oh, that was wild. And I was like, wait, is the toy killing them? I was like, wait, I thought it was Michael Myers that does the killing. And then I'm, then he comes out of the house and I'm like, oh, okay, it is the little kid. I'm like, I don't remember this. We got Spooky 1978 on uh, Halloween Eve. Halloween, the night he came home. Yes. Raining and lightning, of course. (laughs) And that's where we meet Dr. Loomis. And this is when I was like immediately like, how old is Michael supposed to be? He's supposed to be... 21? Yes. He's supposed to be 21. He looks 40. That body looks 40. He doesn't look like a 21-year-old kid. What body do you... What do you mean? The shadow, or the shape, I should say. How can you tell what... He looks so much older. It just looks like a body. How can you tell? It looks like a grown man. Well, 21, you are grown. Not really. 21. Yeah, you are grown. You are grown at 21. What do you mean, not really? I don't agree with that. Well, as you're a grown person, yes. I don't know if you've stopped growing at 21. Yes, you have. (laughs) You don't stop growing after 21. Okay. You stop growing after 18. But Usually, still, yeah. he looked like... Some people, some people grow to 21, Whisper. He looked so old. And then when they I, pull the mask off later, he also looks really old. He doesn't look 21 years old. I think old. he looks young. I didn't think so. I think he looked like 40. So Loomis, we meet Loomis. He is, we assume, which we find out for sure later on, but he's the psychiatrist of Michael Myers, who he met when he was six years old um, after he killed his sister. And I feel like Loomis, like what I gather from this scene is Loomis is the most scared of Michael than anybody else. Like he is terrified of Michael Myers. He's the only one who understands his power. But we find out that... It's been 15 years, obviously, because they do say the 1978 part um, when we go into the scene. They were supposed to take him to the judge to be released. And Loomis said, we cannot let him be released. 
that he kept repeating that over and over again. So Michael jumps on the car and the nurse rolls down the window. Idiot. She doesn't know what's going on. She just heard a, a thump on the... A mental patient. Like, there's all these mental patients outside in the yard. I would not be rolling down my window. First of all, it's raining. But anyway, she did. <laughs> she obviously gets... Yeah, she gets... Michael gets her out of the car. He commandeers it. and He's off for the races. He's off to Haddonfield. Yeah, and I thought the same thing Loomis did. And Who the Street. hell? He's gone from here. The evil is gone. The evil is gone from here. The evil is gone. Um, but I'm like thinking the same thing Loomis was. Is like, who the hell taught this guy how to drive? He was six years old when he got locked up. How the hell does he know how to drive? So we see Lori bringing the key to the Myers house to put underneath the rug because her dad's going to sell the house. And... That's when Michael first sees Lori. Is this why we think that he has this obsession with Lori? Because he was, she was like the first person, girl, who he saw come up to the house while he was back there. I and think he, looks, he just she know- looks like Judy. She has the same kind of body as Judy and demeanor as Judy. Maybe, maybe you're right there. There could be. I, I there's no. You know, I have never heard a reason exactly why he goes after Lori for this. First. I mean, we find out later why in different films and different. There's like three different timelines for, for this Halloween movie, by the way. I don't know if you're aware of that, which is something we'll get into when we talk talk Halloween 2. Okay. Nin- 1981 Halloween 2, not Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. That's wild. People have a problem separating this with the rest of the franchise. I think it was intended to be a standalone movie. I think it it does. It stands on its own. I think the reason why he's going after Lori is she come she just comes up to the house and now he's kind of she kind of walked right into his trap in in a sense. He's the first, so she's the, he's the first one he sees in Haddonfield I don't think there's no motive I think he just sees something and he wants to kill it he wants he sees life and he wants to destroy it well yeah and not even necessarily he's not even necessarily the first living thing that she no that's why I'm like when he gets to Haddonfield she's kind of the first she's like a Judy she's a Judy reincarnate because she has she's same age same body type same demeanor a sweet girl pretty hair she just doesn't have sex like judy does <laughs> and then michael follows them out onto the street yeah as Lori sings i wish i had you all to myself or what are the what's the line what does she say i can't just remember. the two of us she goes just the two of us i've seen this movie so many times and pretty much foreshadows the end of the movie yeah. The fir- okay, so the first time we see the Michael Myers mask is when Lori's in school and she looks out the window and there he is standing outside the Illinois state-issued car that he stole right behind the car. Michael Myers with his blue jumpsuit just standing there and staring at her. His mechanic coveralls. Yeah, I would not be all... I would be like freaking out. I'd be like, excuse me, there is a man outside this high school just staring at me. <laughs> and I feel like I uh, he's seen me before. Well, we see Tommy and his friends keep telling him the boogeyman's going to come and get him. That's before Lori and them go on a walk to go home. But that's the first time they talk about the boogeyman in the movie was Tommy's bullies saying that the boogeyman's yeah, going to get him. picking on him and he trips and falls on his, his pumpkin. pumpkin. <laughs> 
falls right on his pumpkin. Tommy's so cute. He's such a sweet little boy. And I'm wondering if he's supposed to be like six. I don't know how old he is. I feel like he's supposed to be older than that. So, I mean, he's a grade school kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then we get Lori, Linda, and Annie walking home from school. Well, just Lori and Linda at first. And then Annie comes along. But I don't think Lori's friends really like her. <laughs> That's what I, I think got they from like this. Her. I, think I don't think they like her at all. They're so mean to her. They're not mean. They're, they're, they're trying to help her get a date for the dance. They're so mean to her. I think they're oh, funny. you forgot your book? I forgot, I forgot my chemistry book, my math book, my French book, my English book doesn't really matter I, lo- I love linda and annie i think they're I, I i hated them i think they're so funny i Every thought they were jerks they're so funny <laughs> i thought they're tr- trying to help her out i don't think they're trying to help her out i think they're doing it to play with her to mess with her because they like her reactions they got her annie gets her a date for the she embarrassed the her dance. she embarrassed her Lori did not want that. She They're wanted mean. to go out with Ben Tramer. They're mean girls. I don't like them at at all. I don't. I don't believe for a minute that she actually called Ben Tramer on good terms. I think she probably called him and was like, "Lori has a crush on you. You've got to go to homecoming with her. It'll be hilarious." I don't think I cannot imagine. Oh, think I think so. I'm like, this is so mean. But we get Annie yelling at the car. Then Michael drives. So Michael drives past them while they're walking home. Speed kills. <laughs> hey, jerk. Speed kills. <laughs> and then he comes to a screeching halt. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought he was going to get out. I don't I don't know why he didn't just... I guess Linda cause... thinks it's some hot guy driving yeah. the car. But yeah. <laughs> it's like his Michael Myers mask on. Speaking of which... Do you know how the Michael Myers mask was made? No. That's a Captain Kirk mask. That's a William that's William Shatner's face. They painted it white, teased out the hair a bit. Yeah, it, it's William Shatner. They op- widened the eyes. Oh my god. That's amazing. Because I was wondering how so like later on we find out that he robs a hardware store and he stole Halloween masks. Some masks, some yeah. knives, some rope. Yep, exactly. So I was like, who the hell has a Halloween mask like that? Because this is before Halloween made it popular. So where did this mask come from? But that makes sense. It was Captain Kirk. Wow. I don't know if Michael did. Uh, I mean, Michael's quite the artist, as you see it later in the film. But I don't know <laughs> if he, I don't think, he, I don't know if he did it, did the work himself. <laughs> But I forgot to mention when we were uh, walking along with Linda, Lori, and Annie (laughs) that they were mocking her about not having a boyfriend. And she's like, guys think I'm too smart. But she did turn out to be the smartest one of them all. Yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Oh, how old was Jamie Lee Curtis when she filmed this? I think she was 25. That's a good question. Oh wow, she's uh, she wasn't even twenty years old yet because she was born in November of fifty eight. Wow, this was filmed in May 
of 78. So she would have been 19. 19. She's 19, so she she looks a lot older than... They, I mean, not that she looks bad, but she looks older than... They did her dirty with her wardrobe. They put her in this old-ass grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I, I think very, very... I feel like very intentional. Like yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure the, it was. girl. I'm like, she's so hot. Scout. Yeah, she's the, the girl, girl scout. I'm like, she's so hot, they could have put her in something better, but I know she wasn't supposed to be. Exploring uncharted territory. It's been totally charted. Just talk. <laughs> sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Old Jerko got caught throwing eggs and soaping windows. His parents grounded him. He can't come over to her. I thought you were babysitting to me. The only reason she babysits is to have oh, a place shit. to We're still walking. Linda goes home. It's oh, yeah. Annie and and Lori. Annie's looking for something in her purse. Mm-hmm. And then Annie and Lori sees Michael standing adjacent to some bushes and then annie looks up and he's gone and he's really good at disappearing yeah he's the shape he oh well laurie says there's someone behind the bushes and annie walks up (laughs) and he's gone he's gone he's out of sight this is another um scene where i'm like her friends hate her because she's like oh it's a guy he wants to take you out on a date laurie they're just jabbing her that's not funny it's pretty fun i think it's i, I don't think, think it's, it's funny. funny at all i think it's mean i don't like it and then annie goes home laurie's continues walking home she runs into sheriff brackett who is annie's father mm-hmm that's the she first time we see the sheriff. And he, and he says the one of the film's many iconic lines, it's Halloween, everyone's entitled to one good scare. Yeah, that was pretty good. But then, yeah, Lori comes home and Annie gives her a call. But when Lori answers, she doesn't hear anybody on the other end. She, hears chew, she just hears like chewing. Chewing. Like it sounds kind of like heavy breathing. Mm-hmm. And so she... After a couple minutes, she's like, oh, my God, no one's answering or no one's on the other line. And she had just seen Michael standing out among the clothes, among lines. the clothesline. Well, it's funny. That's the I, that's one of my favorite um, sequences, shot sequences there, because you see Michael. Lori looks away for like it's like not even a second, not even a second. And he looks back and he's gone so fast, like lightning speed fast. Which is like another thing where I, which is I think another example of like this is not supposed to be a man. Yeah, he's inhuman. But I actually have a question about the phone call. I guess not more of uh, more of an observation than a question. But is this like the start of the weird phone call scary movie uh, trend? Like throughout the whole movie, there are so many phone calls that are made with like creepiness on the other side and i'm thinking like oh i know what you did last summer like scream things like mm-hmm. that yeah no that's a I mean, yeah that's a a big trope in horror that's another aspect that i believe i mean carpenter had to have borrowed from black christmas because black christmas there's a ton oh. of obscene phone calls in fact there's a lot there's a lot more obscene phone calls in that movie than this yeah i feel bad for Lori. she's so scared she knows something's following her she doesn't really want to admit it to herself because she doesn't want to be crazy and uh she just feels like you can tell she feels uncomfortable 
Well, yeah, and she's like, I don't think she's a hundred percent sure that something's after her too. Like she's just like, I don't know what. I guess I have to be. I feel like she's still in the stage. Like I have to be seeing things now. Yeah, and it's I, like Halloween, yeah. so a lot of people are wearing masks, mm-hmm. standing yeah. around, which is another ingenious part of the movie. I love the houses and the cute little suburban street and their little neighborhood. I think it's adorable. And I also didn't grow up in the suburbs, so watching this makes me kind of feel like, oh, I wish I would have, like, grown up in a neighborhood where everybody just, like, walks and there's decorations everywhere. Gets killed by Gets killed by an insane guy. I never get killed by (laughs) insane people, so... And then we see that Loomis has come to check on the Judith Myers plot Uh at the graveyard or the cemetery. walks with the caretaker... Who's insane, too. And they too. come to a, a plot where the grave's missing, and Loomis asks him, whose plot, who, whose grave is that? And he starts, like, 18. 19. Uh, Judith Myers. Yep, she's row 18, plot 20. And Loomis, once again, he says another phenomenal line. He came, he came home. home. Okay, then <laughs> we get, and he comes to pick up Lori. Lori smokes weed? I did not expect that, but then again, she was like coughing up on it. <laughs> but it yeah, felt so out of character. The, yeah, you get the idea that she doesn't do it very yeah. often. Yeah, that was the first time she. Ever it did. may have been the first time she ever did it because she was looking at the joint like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> um, and then we see the sheriff outside yeah, they, the hardware they pull store. Up. Uh, oh, but before we get to that. I did notice, I don't know if you know, you probably did because you've seen this movie a lot, but the song that's playing in the car, Don't, don't Fear, fear the, the Reaper. Don't, yeah, Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and, uh, I thought it was great. But then, yeah, we get to the hardware store where, what's his name, Sheriff? Sheriff Brackett. Brackett is standing there. So Annie's dead. The alarm's going off. It's another part, it's another <laughs> part that always makes me laugh. <laughs> he's screaming at, at them because the alarm's going off and Annie's like it's hard growing up with a narcissistic father <laughs> and the alarm goes off and he's still shouting at, at them and Annie goes Annie shouts too Annie shouts too I think Annie's hilarious the whole movie she's a character alright not that I hated her character I, it wasn't anything like that I thought it was a good character she just reminded me of a mean, mean girl yeah she's just like a mean girl <laughs> but then we have michael like sneaking around them in the background when the sheriff's not looking oh, yeah he's still in the he's still in the still illinois in the car yeah he drives car. right past the sheriff but and he was Loomis. sneaky about it he was so sneaky he waited for them to get past and then waited for them to turn both loomis and the sheriff to turn around before he drove past mm-hmm. Well, the sheriff had already gone inside the hardware store. It was just Loomis standing outside. And then we find out, that's where we find out that the Halloween masks, the rope, and some knives were stolen. So, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not. How far away is Lori's house from the houses that they're babysitting at? And how far away is that from the Myers house? She drove. I don't have, like, the exact mileage or whatnot. But, like, it has to be... It has to be like a few streets down or something. Because I think the from Myers the, from house, the Myers closest. house to to Tommy and Lindsay's house. Yeah, it has to be just a couple blocks. Yeah, because Loomis wa- starts walking and right. 
So I was nervous from because... From the Myers house to the... Right. Through, when we get to the end of the movie. So now they go into... Or Loomis and Sheriff... I can't remember his name again. Sheriff Brackett. Bra- Sheriff Brackett. I want to say Plunkett. <laughs> Sheriff Bucket. Sheriff Brackett and Loomis... Roll they up. go to the old Myers house. Yep. They're... Where they find a dead... Uh, they walk in and there's a presumably a corpse of a dog that's still, still warm. warm. Yeah. Loomis says that Michael must have got hungry. What the hell was that that swung to break that window in the house? I don't know if it's just a gutter, like part of a gutter that was because the house has fallen apart. Yeah. I there The first few times I wa- watched it, I always assumed like maybe it's a trap by Michael. But that's like, what I thought it was. Because he's such a... He's, he's, he's such crafty. A, yeah, he's an artist. Uh... I don't know. I, I think it's just like part of a gutter, honestly. Cause just you, the you house. Can see, you look at the house, it's decrepit. Yeah. And, and Loomis is just like, you know, he's ready to go. So anything's going to set him off. He's scared. he's scared as hell. Yeah, he's frightened. This is when we uh, hear kind of a little bit of the backstory with him. Uh, finding out that he met Michael when he was six years old. He says... The child had a blank, pale, emotionless face with the blackest eyes. Devil eyes. The devil's eyes. And then evil living behind his eyes was another thing he said. Yeah, and then he goes, I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind the boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Oh, so creepy. It's just, oh, so scary. Donald Pleasance really makes this movie. Like, he's, like, outside of the score, he might be the most integral part to the whole film. I think so, too, actually. I would agree with that because he really was kind of like in folklore how they have like an elder that tells you a creepy story or a legend or whatever that's how i felt loomis was like he was warning everyone about this creepy scary devil man um which kind of got me more scared because i'm like oh my god what's he gonna do yeah he is just so convincing he's not on screen a whole lot either but no. when every time he's on screen like he ste- he steals he's the movie yeah. yeah he steals the movie but he's so scared the boogeyman i don't know I- i've heard this quite a few times apparently he took this role because his daughters like john carpenter's assault on precinct 13 which is the feature before his before halloween Mm-hmm. Apparently that's the reason he took the role. He only he only he worked five days and made twenty thousand dollars. This movie. So then, they're babysitting now. So Lori's inside with Tommy. Annie's inside the other house, Wallace Lindsay, house yeah. with Lindsay. And Tommy sees the boogeyman for the first time. He sees Michael outside of uh, the house where Lindsay and Annie are at. And that I think that might be the creepiest shot of the whole movie. That was so scary because I'm poor little Tommy. outside of Lindsay's house. Just looking up at the house. Yeah, just... Um, uh, ready to kill the girl who called him a jerk. And that's when Lori is... I feel like Lori here is convincing herself, not just Tommy, that there's no such thing as the boogeyman. Well, you know what's funny, though, too, with that... What I think makes that, that shot scary, even scarier, is, like, he's standing outside of the Wallace house like right there and still nobody sees him nobody ever sees him he's the shape 
But I'm like, he is in the most obvious spots too. Yeah. And I'm like, why is Lori the only one who sees him and now Tommy? Tommy's, yeah, Tommy's, Tommy, Tommy and Lori are really the only two that see him throughout the movie, but before the end. It's like, because he wants them to see him. Yeah, I think that's part of, yeah, I think that. So creepy. He wants, he only, he only allows you to see him. Right. So Annie gets naked because she spills butter on herself, making popcorn for Lindsay while Lindsay's watching the thing from outer space. Yep. And, and which is the movie that Carpenter would re- remake in 1982. Awesome. Got to be, that'll probably be our next Carpenter movie. I don't know when we'll do it, but it'll probably be the next Carpenter movie. Uh, yeah, that was a Howard Hawks movie, which is one of Carpenter's heroes. Aww. That's sweet. Then Michael kills Kester? Lester? Lester. Lester. Kester is what I Kester. <laughs> I'm to say that again. And you, you, uh, you reacted to that. <clears throat> poor Michael. Or, or not poor Michael. Poor, oh. poor Lester. <laughs> poor Lester just dying. He just strangles a, him to death. I think that's another, just another great scene. It's just The dog's care. legs. He looks really real, too. Yeah, I don't know what they used for the dog to do that. I have no idea, but the dog just like the legs just stopping it was moving. Limp, yeah. Oh, that was so scary. I did not like that at all. <laughs> it really made me mad. I'm like, he strangles him. <laughs> <laughs> creepy, creepy shot of Michael standing in the door of the yeah, window. Does some more stalking of Annie. Oh, Annie's just like Michael must have this like obsession with girls like half naked. So I was wondering if Michael had any. Like, kind of obsession with naked girls at that point, which I find out later on he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he does. Just Well, convenient. I mean, that's, that's how he killed his, his, his first. His, so he killed yeah, his, his sister, sister in the beginning. That's why whenever Annie got undressed to go put her clothes in the laundry, I was like, oh, man, she did. <laughs> She's so dead. Which I guess we kind of already she figured. Even get, she gets stuck in the the window <laughs> but my he is very patient he really because he doesn't i feel like that would it's every every time i watch this movie like it feels like that's the perfect time to strike when she's stuck in the window i loved that because i thought she was gonna die while she was stuck in the window too i'm like but i think i think perfect. he doesn't kill her because it's not worth it at that point he wants to be able to scare her a little bit more i don't even know if it's quite that i don't know if it has something to do because like <clears throat> Lindsay is still like she's calling for Lindsay, and I wonder if that has something to do with it. Because he doesn't kill; he never no, he kills. Never even goes after the kids. You're right. Yeah. But they're all even kids. when they even even earlier in the movie when after Tommy falls on his pumpkin and one of his bullies runs right into Michael, like he yeah. just holds him there, doesn't attack him or do anything. Of course, it's in broad daylight. It wouldn't really, not really his mo, but. Yeah, but if he kills dogs and, like, 17-year-old girls, I can't imagine him having any qualms about a child, especially since Loomis had been going off about how he's the devil. Why wouldn't he hurt the kids? I don't know if maybe he see, he still is, like, that six-year-old boy stuck in a, a grown-up's body. I don't know if I believe that I see only- just because he's supposed to be the devil. He's supposed yeah, to be weird, so evil. Which would be a, a strangely human quality. Very to, weird to me that he doesn't kill the kids. This or at least human entity. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. But nevertheless, he doesn't touch them. So this is when I started to notice that every time we see Michael, 
where we see the shape that the music gets even creepier which i liked a lot that's another thing i liked about the night of the living dead too i think music at least for me i think music aids in scary movies so much oh yeah music is uh one of the most integral parts of any horror movie uh at least the sound at least the music and like sound design for sure annie's death so she pawns Lindsay off on Lori. she's like Lori, i hate you obviously because i've not been nice to you this whole movie you can watch my kid that i'm supposed to be babysitting so i can go get it on with paul this is the first time where like where annie feels like a kind of an ass she's an ass she was i don't think i don't think she's a generally mean per i don't think she's in general an evil person or a mean i think she's a mean girl (laughs) she's mean to her dad she's she's always just kind of cheeky you know i don't think that's cheeky i think that's being a bitch um but anyway so she (laughs) she uh sings that little song oh Oh, paul Paul. (laughs) i can no longer stall (laughs) oh paul oh it's so good and so she realizes the car is locked and so she goes to inside to go get the keys. Yeah, she forgets she forgot her keys. She forgot her keys. She go she originally goes back goes into the garage, doesn't have her keys, keeps singing her song. Oh and, Paul. Oh, oh Paul. I can no, <laughs> no longer stall. What a bop. <laughs> yeah, that song's so good. So she comes back to the car. She has her keys, but she, she doesn't even use her keys to unlock the well, car. You see, she she has it look like, oh, it's unlocked now. I didn't even see that yeah, look. She, she just kind of went. I thought it looked like to me that she just kind of went with it. She, but she was kind of like, oh, that's weird. She she went with it, sure, but she was kind of like, oh, that's weird. I yeah, I don't think she questioned it at all. Well, she gets in and then she she knows the. Well, she gets in and closes the door and then realizes, oh wait. Mm-hmm. the windows are all fogged up there's some heavy breathing going on behind me because this guy can't breathe in this mask <sighs> I can't even do that it's so scary like that like but like a man huffs to <sighs> I can't even <laughs> like that um Annie's death, her crazy eyes in this scene while she's getting strangled when Michael pops up. Oh, by the way, that was a big jump scare for me. I didn't think that there this movie had a whole lot of jump scares. At least I didn't. I didn't see any jump didn't, scares. Remember, I didn't feel any. You don't remember them from like when you? No. Yeah. Um, but I thought I, it see, was the I've creepiness. Seen, I've seen it so many times that I could pretty much time them exactly. See, I don't think the jump scares make the movie scary as far as this movie goes. I think it's just the creepiness of Michael Myers and the music also. Yeah, I don't think jump scares usually make any movie. No. Well, great. sometimes they do. They're they're great, you know. They're kind of like the, the spices for the movie. They yeah. give it a little flair, but I don't think it pulls it all together. Yeah, I guess you're right. So I obviously didn't really like Annie because I'm like, uh, I figured she'd be the first to be killed because she was the bitchiest. <laughs> LOL. 
but I loved it. I like how he he's strangling her, and then he just gets tired of strangling her, so he slits her throat. Yeah, she's going insane when he's strangling her with her it's eyes going like, everywhere, like, popping I've out. Had enough. <laughs> yeah, he's like this fish won't die. Um, knife to the throat. Now, after Annie's death, I guess we do see this. So we see Tommy looking out the window, and we see. Michael carrying Annie's dead body back into the Wallace house. And Tommy's like, was that? Yeah, those are kids. You could hear them. Ready? Go. We just got ding dong ditched. While recording a podcast about Halloween. (laughs) That was pretty good. Um, That was not planned. Those damn kids. <laughs> Get your ass away from there. <laughs> Actually, that's my next line. That's the next that's the next scene we have is Loomis. Lon- Lonnie Elam, who tell who tell who earlier in the movie, I don't know if you remember, uh Tommy says, Lonnie mm-hmm. Elam says that's the spook house. Yeah. Never go up there. Lonnie Elam will probably never get out of the sixth grade. <laughs> um, but we get Loomis haunting the Myers house and Lonnie goes to knock on the door and what does Loomis say? Lonnie, get your ass away from me. It is like stalking the Myers house. He's now Loomis is haunting the Myers house. And the kids scurry off. And Loomis is so proud of himself. He really is. <laughs> Big smile. smile on his face. And then he turns around to see Sheriff Brackett. Yeah. And still doesn't believe him. Still doesn't believe him. But I thought it was funny that Sheriff Brackett was standing behind him because he did that to Lori earlier in the movie. I'm like, does this sheriff just sneak up on people just for fun? <laughs> um, but this is when we get the Loomis line. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. <laughs> and I thought this was really ironic because the Sheriff says he'll stay in case Loomis is right. And at that very moment, his own daughter yeah, well, was yeah, dead. Yeah, she was already dead by then. The Sheriff's daughter, Annie, had already died. All right, so that's Annie's death. Now we've got... And, we've, and, and Linda comes back into the picture with Linda her boyfriend, Bob. Bob. Which I think is funny. I know this is not relevant at all, and I'm going to mention it anyway. We don't have to add it into the podcast. Linda and Bob Belcher (laughs) from Bob's Burgers. That's the first thing I noticed when they said that Linda and Bob were coming over. (laughs) So weird. Bob says the weirdest line in the movie. I don't know if you, you caught that at all. No, I don't think so. Well, they were talking about having sex, and Bob, he goes... He goes, first, I rip your clothes off. And then Linda's like, don't rip my blouse. It's expensive, you idiot. And then he goes, then I rip my clothes off. Then I rip Lindsay's clothes off. Yeah, I think I got it. He says, talking about ripping Lindsay's clothes off. The little girl. Yeah. So Bob's a, Bob's a jackass for sure. Oh, God. Maybe a pedophile. I don't know. Well, he had the best death, I think, in the whole movie. Yeah, for sure. For I sure. loved that death scene, so I'm glad he got that one. Um, yeah, Linda and Bob get it on, and also 30 seconds or less. <laughs> and Linda asks if Bob wants wants a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Do you want a beer?" And then he's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Why don't you go get us some?" <laughs> That's something I would do. <laughs> See, you like Linda and Annie; they're fun. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So yeah, Bob goes 
Bob gets a beer and sees the door open, thinking Linda's pranking him. And then or he, Annie or like or Annie somebody, or Lindsay yeah, or yeah, somebody is yeah. pranking him. He turns around, the closet door opens, and Michael lunges at him. Yep. And he suspend he he's got a bob up and by the neck mm-hmm. and pulls him up against the wall. How strong does this man have to be not only to pull him up and hold him up in the air like that, but then to sh- stick a knife into his chest? Mm-hmm. Hard enough to hold him against the wall by that. So the knife is literally holding Bob's body up through the air <laughs> up against this wall. And it's 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 kind of it kind of mirrors the dog's death where his yeah. feet go limp. It does. They, they uncurl. I didn't even it. notice that. His feet do uncurl just and then, like the And then dog. Michael looks at his his beautiful artwork <gasps> and he cocks his head like a dog. Both ways. Both ways, yeah, a couple times. That was so creepy. That was, I'm getting goosebumps because I thought that was pretty much, to me, that was the creepiest scene was not even the killing part, but Michael Myers stepping back, looking at the Bob's dead body and then just kind of cocking his head (laughs) ever so slowly. So freaking creepy. There's another scene that's even, I mean, the whole freaking movie is creepy with him. And then Michael makes his way back to the bedroom. Yes. With a sheet over his head. <laughs> like he's a ghost for Halloween and Bob's glasses over top of the sheet. Yes. He's a, he's an artist, I'm telling you. He's an, he really <laughs> he appreciates the craft of killing babysitters. He <laughs> him standing in the doorway with that sheet on. He had cut the eyes out and then put the glasses on. So maybe he did do those Captain Kirk masks. That's maybe. why I think he did. Because I, I'm like, my first thought when I saw him underneath that sheet was, man, his breathing's already heavy enough. Can you imagine how hard it is for him to be breathing with the sheet over his head and the mask? Um, but Linda obviously thinks it's Bob because mm-hmm. he's wearing Bob's glasses. <laughs> and um, so she calls Lori. And that's when Michael starts strangling strangles her with the phone cord exactly and Lori's first i get your famous chewing now i get your famous squealing yep she assumes it's annie yeah and she kind of it kind of sounds like she's having sex with paul on the other end of the line but she's really just dying (laughs) so michael after after linda's death michael goes downstairs that's when Lori looks out the window and she looks at the Wallace house. She sees the light go on. So at this point, she's like, oh, Linda and Bob are fine because the light just went on because she had just gotten off the phone with Linda screaming like that. But she thought it was Annie having sex, Um, which I thought was smart for Michael to turn on the light. But then Loomis sees the Illinois State issued car on the block near the babysitter's houses or the the houses of Lindsay and tommy Mm -hmm. so he starts walking around like where the hell is michael (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i know he's here i can feel him and then the sheriff comes to to help him sheriff's gonna get the back of the houses while loomis gets the front this is when Lori decides to walk to the wallace house Mm -hmm. so i don't really know what 
really draws her to go see them i guess because she put tommy and Lindsay to bed and she's like oh my friends are ignoring me they're mean anyway Lori." so she goes over to the wallace house and i'm wondering at this moment because she goes through that back door through the kitchen where michael had just killed bob and put him up against that wall but we don't see any blood at all Lori doesn't see any blood or any signs of struggle well, or anything. No, there's not, really not much blood in the movie to begin with. No, there's not. But I mean, after being killed the way Bob was, you would think there'd be blood somewhere. Oh, he's an artist. He knows what he's doing. I guess he cleaned up after himself is what I was wondering. Well, well so she makes her way through the house. She thinks that they're trying to scare her. Yeah. She makes her way up to the bedroom. And that's where... Michael's art is fully on display. Yep. We've got Annie sprawled out spread eagle on the bed with, with Judith Myers tombstone. Judith Myers tombstone right at the head, um, right against the headboard. And so obviously Lori's freaking out and she's stepping back, obviously trying to get away from the dead body of her best friend on the bed. And all of a sudden, Bob falls from the sky <laughs> it's like he's hanging in the closet or something yeah, yeah. and he just kind of i don't know how M- michael did this either because the same thing with the cupboard where linda was in linda's dead body was in how did he get those things to open and bob to drop down like that when michael was actually standing out in the hallway i'm sure he rigged it somehow <laughs> because like you keep saying he is an artist but I thought that was interesting. And then she runs into the cupboard, which flies open, and we see Linda's body all stuffed in there. And we see Michael Myers' face lighting up from the... Yeah, he, come, yeah, he oh, comes gosh. into the view from the darkness. That scene... It's another... It was so creepy. That was my second creepiest scene. Actually, you know what? That was probably creepier to me than the head cocking scene because he just came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and his mask was just, oh so creepy, just lighting up from the mm-hmm. dim light in the bedroom. So scary. And that's when he gets the knife to Lori's shirt. And I'm like, all the of a shoulder, sudden... It misses the shoulder and she falls off over on the, the steps. Over the banister. Over the banister and all the steps. And I'm like, so now all of a sudden Michael doesn't have aim? Well, she was moving. She starts moving, and that's why that's what throws him off. This is another scene that I kind of find weird, because he moves so fast everywhere else. But then all of a sudden, Lori comes, and he doesn't know how to move. (laughs) Lori's too smart for him, I guess. But then we find out that he's rigged the doors in the house Um, to keep her inside. The pitchfork, or not the the rake, up against the Up against the the back doors from the kitchen where she came through smashes through the window but she already had locked the kitchen door um to try and keep michael out um but yeah she smashes the the glass door to push the rake away and runs to tommy and Lindsay. well she tries going to a neighbor's house and they're having none of it yeah they probably yeah they think it's probably just some kids being it's halloween and a teenage girl's banging on their door i want to go back a little bit this is something I thought about with the glass shattering. So the whole time when Michael's trying to break into the kitchen while Lori's just trying to get out of the house 
and the rake is pressed up against the glass door, I'm thinking, why isn't she knocking out that window? Just knock it out. The whole house has murdered kids in it. Just it doesn't matter well, anymore. She's, she's but she's a distress. good girl. Well, no, she's just in. I think she's just in distress. I'm she doesn't th- think it. Think of it right away. My first thought is like, she's the Girl Scout. She's not going to mess up someone else's house. She's not going to knock out a window. But then when Michael breaks down the door, she's like, all right, this is what I got to do. That's what I think she did. I just think she's in. She's not think. I, I probably wouldn't think right away. I'm. That's what I would think immediately. But well, I've seen I'll, a lot of. I'll, I'll have somebody chase you around with a knife, and we'll see. Okay. <laughs> I, I I actually have uh, no fears about that. I think I could do fine. Okay. I think if anyone could survive in a situation like that, it'd be me. All right, don't bring that upon yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. People think she's pranking them when she goes over to the neighbor's door. They turn on the lights and everything. They look out the window, but they're like, okay, teenager, go away. So they turn off the light and Lori's like, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Then she runs to the Tommy's house. Or not the wall, the, the Doyle house. Yeah, runs over to Tommy's house and she doesn't have the key. Which I guess she must have dropped somewhere along the way. Yeah. She did put them in her jean pockets, but she must have dropped they're them. They're just so tight she can't get them out. I don't know. Which they were pretty is. tight. And she throws a potted plant. Which I thought was really smart. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would have done too. Try and wake him up. She knows that I that's their window. Tommy's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm coming down. <laughs> That'd be you in a situation. I'd be like, come open the door. gets into the house she gets into the house the phone line is cut but then she sees the windows open and that's when she got scared yeah and she sits there and uh you can hear him at the foot of the couch there you can hear yeah you can hear him breathing tommy had run back upstairs she'd already made tommy go back upstairs yeah she was really trying to protect those kids and he leaps out from behind the couch oh so scary and she gets him with a uh, a knitting needle yeah which thank god she knits because she's boring so she can uh jam that and then she like thinks she killed him like i would have taken the knife that he dropped and would have been stabbing him repeatedly to make sure he was dead i mean <sighs> i'm hoping over the course of this podcast we beat the the the, the realism dis- the disbelief out of you but um <laughs> i just if you uh, she sticks him in the in the neck with a, a a knitting needle most people are probably dying at that point they're not if they're not they're on their they're not already dead they're getting they got like a couple minutes to live probably okay so Lori runs upstairs and she tries to trick him which i thought was really smart she well, opens... hold on no, 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 sorry no, no. she thinks she killed him well yeah she thinks she killed she him goes and she talks to Lindsay and tommy yes i forgot about that and tommy's like you can't kill the boogeyman and then the boogeyman pops up yep. behind him because he walked up the stairs and they run back into their room lock and the door. She, she locks them into the room and then she goes into the other room 
and opens, opens up, up the balcony, balcony door. It's kind of like a diversion. Mm-hmm, which didn't work. Um, he walks in and immediately goes to the closet. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not stupid. But she had already rigged the closet door with the light switch yeah, um, pool. Busts right through it because yeah. it's just shit wood. He's not having it. And she uses the coat hanger to poke yeah, his that's eyes. that's another very crafty move. So smart. I think Lori's pretty fucking smart. Yeah, she's still definitely one of the smartest final girls. She is the prototype, I think. I know, like, Sally in Texas Chainsaw Massacre came before her, but, like, Lori really is the prototype. Lori's so smart. I really liked her a lot. She stabs him in the eye with the coat hanger. He falls mm-hmm. to the ground. And she gets the knife. She um, throws it back down. Yeah. She does give him a good stab. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's out of there and she gets the kids and tells them to go run and call the police go outside run in the streets and try and get someone to help us and as they run into the as they run out of the house they're screaming and that's when dr loomis spots them right and then back inside the house all of a sudden michael slowly gets up yep but just from like like keeps his waist down still oh my god so creepy just watching the top part of his body just slowly come to life and then he slowly turns and looks at her so scary and he obviously attacks her again but by this time loomis is there so she pulls up his masks and that's when you see tony moran yeah and i i didn't expect him to look like that that's the only scene that he really plays michael i do like the well i mean there's a nice touch with like his eye being out because he just got stabbed in the eye Oh, I didn't, I could barely, it was so quick. Yeah, because, I mean, you really, you really, like, are not meant to, he's not supposed to be a person. Yeah. Like I say, as I've said a thousand times. So, Loomis has a gun, shoots Michael repeatedly until Michael falls out of the house off the balcony. Um, and Lori asks him, was that the boogeyman? Well, you notice that, like, he's got his little six shooter and he gets, he shoots every last one of the bullets in the chamber michael falls off of the balcony onto the ground yep right where right where you would think he would and then laurie says was that the boogeyman loomis says as a matter of fact it it was was." and then he goes to check for michael's body and i think this is actually the creepiest part of the movie actually i i i it definitely it had it's definitely the best ending of any Oh, it's a movie, good, it's I a think. good ending. Loomis looks around. Michael's and then you body get is shots not there. Of like all of the houses that they were the killed houses, in. I wrote scene, that, and you can hear Michael's breath, and yep. it's so, it's so good because it's so creepy. It's like where, where just where the did scenes he go? of the houses where he murdered in the Myers house, the Wallace house, the Doyle house. Still, a very scary movie. And, of course, the score plays. And that's it. And that's the movie. I will say, the last couple times I've watched this movie, I think what I've noticed, um, what really leaves an impression on me now is just how there's not a single ounce of fat in this movie. There's no filler. It's so quick. Everything like everything, I didn't is get meaningful. Bored. Yeah. There's not a second... There's no breathing room in this movie. It's I like great. that. 
Because yeah. I get bored very easily, as you know, watching movies. If if there's not something happening on screen, I'm not interested. <laughs> and I, I thought this movie did a really great job of just showing you how creepy he was, being very straightforward with the whole the whole shebang. Yeah, and I think that's why it's definitely stood the test of time because of how. Yeah, it. I don't feel like it's that dated. I don't feel like there's a whole lot that really dates mm-hmm. this movie. I didn't. Feel. There's maybe like there's not there's not a ton of gore like but I don't like gory movies. I think that's another reason why I really like honestly I like both. I really like Halloween a lot. I really like this movie a whole lot. That's maybe one of my favorite scary movies I've ever seen. It it has to be mine. You could ask me in a couple days I might tell you a different answer. It really depends on my mood, but mostly ever since I've known you it's been Halloween. Yes. Um, I've known you for eight years. I, <laughs> it's it's definitely it's it's hard to top. And every time I see it, I expect every time I see it. Even when we we sat down and watched it yesterday, I always go, "Is this finally the time where I'm like, all right, I get it, I get it. That's enough of this." And it never it never is. That's how I feel with the movie The Princess Bride. <laughs> see that movie at least 45, 50, maybe even 60 times. And every time I see it, it's still like the first time. It's so and I, good. Yeah, and I think what really stood out to me, this another thing that really stood out to me in this one, it's just how, how funny Linda and Annie are. <laughs> I, think that's what I, I think after the dozens and dozens of times I've seen this movie. It's, and it's probably because I reacted a lot to it too. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, she really doesn't even her friends hate her <laughs> and donald pleasance is just yeah magnificent i don't know if there's a uh, there might not be a better performance in horror i don't know i mean it's I definitely top 10 all time yeah maybe in a year i'll let you know how i feel about that <laughs> after i've seen a little bit more yeah. horror movies i really liked it overall i thought it was a great movie i'd give it all the stars all the stars all the stars yeah what about you? I'll say five out of five. Five out of five, yeah. Five out of five. We'll do a five-star rating. I like a five-star rating. Any final thoughts? I think that's it. I think we got it. I think we've got it. Next time we'll do a, a we different movie. Halloween. We got Halloween 2 yeah, coming Halloween. up right after this. And it's going to contradict a lot of things I said in this one. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs>